Well, guys, uh, again, thank you for thank you for all the hard work. Thank you for um, setting up here. We had a really rough morning uh, when it comes to setting up. Uh, could you lower me down just a little bit, please, there, honey? Um, and uh, just really just took a, it was really hard in the morning, but I think, uh, you know, we, we got started a little bit late, but here we are. We're, we're good to go. So, guys, thank you again for coming. Guys, um, it's been a while. I'm so excited to be back. Here at Impact City, uh, like I said, it's been a while since I preached here. Um, I think a couple weeks ago we had Pastor Mario kind of go over what it meant to be a, a radical abandonment for Jesus, what it meant to just be rad- radically following Jesus, and, and what was that about? I was in Mark 1, 16 through 20. And then I came back, I preached about the authority of Jesus Christ, that the authority that he has over us, the authority he has over evil spirits and, and demonic oppression and all that, and the authority he has over sickness and disease. And then uh, last week, Sarah gathered all the families together, and we had our kids and family worship workshop. Uh, we are called to make disciples. We are called to lead our kids. We are called to be a part of our children's lives. And we are called to be able to guide our kids, to be leaders to our kids. And so that, that workshop is a chance for parents to get dirty, to get glue in their fingers, to get on their hands and knees, to get funny and, and act silly with their kids, and to get like paint on their face and just be wild and crazy. And so we had that last week. Uh, we also was an opportunity for parents to worship with their kids to songs that their kids love and not some boring worship set that they might hear in the regular worship center. But they hear some awesome, fun music for the kids and to dance and act silly and to get involved. And we want to just build that bridge uh, between the parents of Impact City and the children of Impact City. And we want to just build that bridge where we say we are going to be disciple makers of all the world, but disciple makers of more so our kids. And so that's what we did last week. And then this week, we're going to pick up on Mark and just kind of keep going forward. It's going to be uh, Mark 35. So if you have your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 135. That's where we're going to get started today. I'll give you guys a quick second to get there. Last, uh, yesterday, last night, I had the privilege of preaching a quinceañera uh, for my beautiful niece, it was really awkward preaching a quinceanera uh, while I'm, you know, being a Baptist preacher, being able to do that. But man, we had a good time. The gospel was shared, and uh, everyone just had a really good time there. So um, it was great. Thank you to the church there, uh, New New Life Community Church in San Diego, Texas. So uh, thank you. Let's get Mark one thirty-five. Here we go. It says, "And early, very early, rising up in the morning." While it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. We're talking about Jesus here. He says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. If you remember, Jesus and his homeboys and all his disciples, they're still in Capernaum, right? And what happened was they rolled into Capernaum. And when they came into Capernaum, the, they started preaching and teaching in the synagogues, right? And as he rolls up into the synagogue, he's teaching and he's preaching the word of God in there. And all of a sudden, a demon-possessed man stands up and Jesus rebukes the demon-possessed man, and he casts out the demon out of that guy. And so uh, after that, he was like, I'm just going to go leave. And he goes over to the house of Simon Peter and Andrew. And in the house, his, uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law is there sick. She has a fever. And Jesus is like, man, you know, I'm just going to heal her. And he heals her over the physical sickness of her body. 
And she gets up and she starts to worship them. The Bible says that she actually served them. But we learned last uh, two weeks ago that serving means to worship. So when we serve in the church, when we serve at Impact City, when we serve in the community around us, we are not doing it because it is a public service duty. We are doing it because it is worship to God. So those of us who wake up early, and uh, if you even know, some of us, we were sending out a sign out in the morning, and I got bloody knuckles, and I'm pretty sure Jay kind of got busted up knuckles with the bolts and all that. But that's worshiping God at its fullest. That's what the Bible says worship is. That's one form. And so she got up and started to worship Jesus. And then after that, the Bible says that everyone heard about it and everyone started coming over to uh, get healed and to be purged of demons and to be um, released from the oppression of demonic, uh, you know, all that demonic oppression. And Jesus said, the Bible said that Jesus was up and he was healing every single one of them. Okay, can you imagine? I don't like it when uh, my family just drops in out of nowhere. But can you imagine all these people just coming wave after wave after wave after wave, coming over to Jesus, and and he's healing them. And he's casting out demons, and he's doing all this great stuff, right? And so you can imagine how tired and frustrated he was. You can imagine how drained he was. You can imagine how much he was just thinking, like, man, I'm tired, man. I'm just drained. It's enough of this. I'm tired. So the scripture says that early in the morning, he arose and went out to be alone to pray. I want to teach you a word today called the Missio Dei. Y'all say it with me. Missio Dei. Missio Dei. It is a Latin theological Christian term for the mission of God. And it's what we're going to read on the next couple of verses. But before we start looking at that, I want us to look at what Jesus was doing before he did that. It says that early in the morning he got up and he went out to pray. So listen, prayer is powerful. Prayer is the most powerful resource that we have in Christianity and is also the most underused resource we have in Christianity. We don't use prayer the way we should. We don't use prayer enough. Many of us are scared to pray. Many of us don't think we know how to pray. But here we see Jesus setting the example that very early in the morning he arose to pray. Can I imagine the stress and the fatigue? He was up probably way into the night. He was up late working. And it says that he woke up early still and he prayed to go pray. I don't care how late you've been up. I don't care how long of a night you've had. I don't care how stressed and fatigued you are. Jesus is setting the example that we need to put God first in our lives and to pray. I want you also to realize something that there was a reason why he prayed. He didn't just go pray because that's what he did. He was tired. He was weak. He was fatigued. So when we are weak, when we feel tired, when we sin, when we feel unworthy, when we feel dirty, we feel down, we feel sick, we feel tired, and we feel like we are unable to be of any service to God today. You're like, man, I just worked a 13-hour shift. I just saw our friend Taylor here, okay? CCPD came by here on his way home after a shift, and he was like, I'm so tired, but I wanted to stop by and say hi and help you guys out set up. That was a godsend this morning. God bless that guy, man. And it's like, he, he, you know, we, are, we need to be able to, to follow the example of Jesus, I put him first in everything, even above our tiredness, our sickness, our health. We put him above everything. 
I've always heard it said, they say, Felix, how do you do it? Um, and I'm not tooting my own horn here or anything, but like, how do you do it? You work 12 hours, you come home, you sleep an hour or so, and then you come, you set up church, and you preach all that. And they say, how do you do when you're here? Why don't you just like tired? I'm like, when I'm here, I'm like not tired. When I'm here, I'm pumped up. When I'm here, this is the best place to be because this is where God is moving. I see God moving. And when we see people coming in and guests coming in, when we see the children being taught the gospel, and we see people's lives being changed, this is where I get my energy from. Forget monster drinks. Forget Red Bull. Forget caffeine. This is where it drives me. And so Jesus, before he starts the Missio Day, before he starts going on the mission of God, continuing the mission of God, he is tired, he is fatigued, he has been working all night, and he gets up early and he prays. That's a living example of what we should be doing in our lives. Putting him first above our own needs. Sacrifice. Sacrifice means waking up early. Sacrifice means praying to him first before you do anything. Check your Facebook. I'm guilty of that. Sacrifice means doing things that are going to be hard. Jesus desires sacrifice from us. And he shows us there. Kids, keep reading on. And um, if you want to know a little bit more about prayer, James says this. Uh, the book of James says this. If anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him give praises. If anyone among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let him come over and pray over him. Let me tell you something. I don't know if you're sick unless you tell me you're sick. So I can't pray over you unless you tell me. So if you guys are sick or something, let me know, you know, so I can come pray over you. Um, 15 says, And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Guys, prayer is powerful. Prayer is utterly powerful. So before we begin to really focus in on the the mission of God, I want to just pray here today. I think we all need to just get up and pray. So if you would, please, there there aren't too many of us here today. Can we all just stand up? And I just want to just kind of gather in, in, in a circle, hold hands. Kids, you can come in on this as well. And I just want to pray in a circle over just the church and to pray over each and every one of us. Um, if you guys feel like you want to pray out loud or something along with me, uh, just squeeze my hand or something and, and we'll, we'll get going. But I'll start off and we'll go in a circle and we're just going to pray. So I'll start off. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this church. God, thank you so much for this family. Thank God, thank you for the, uh, the sacrifice and the sweat and the blood and the tears and the frustrations and, the, and just the, the long hours that we put into this church and the people who sacrifice so much for it. God, thank you for the worship team. God, thank you for the children's ministry. God, thank you for the leaders of the church that are stepping up and, and, and going above and beyond what it takes to be a leader. God, thank you for discipleship. God, thank you so much for this church. Lord, thank you so much for the lives you're changing. And I pray that as we continue to, to focus in on the Missio Day, the mission of God, that you would just make our eyes clear. God, clear a path in our schedules. God, clear a path in our health. God, clear a path in our minds to be focused and directly um, locked in on your mission, God. It's in Christ's name I humbly pray. Amen. So continuing on with Mark, it says this. Um, 
It says, and Simon, this is Peter, and Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him. They said to him, dude, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I might preach there also. For this is why I came out. And they went throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Woo! Craziness, man. Can you imagine that? Just going from town to town, preaching up in the churches, being missional like that, just going all over, just all all out, doesn't matter. And what Jesus is doing here, he is fulfilling the Missio Dei, the mission of God. And this is the reason why he is here. And beloved church here today, I got to tell you that this is the reason why you're here. You're here to complete the Missio Dei, to be a part of it. We're to be a living example of an incarnational Jesus to the world and to the communities around us. Incarnational Jesus. That means that we're to be the incarnation of Christ here on earth. That when people look at you and me and, the peop- and, and, and what we do, they see Christ. That they don't see Jason or they don't see David or Dan or Jerry. They see Christ. That they don't see Sarah or Carly or anyone. They see Christ. Or even Felix. They see Christ. And this is, uh, you know, throughout Scripture, you see the, the, uh, the mission of God being played out. You see it in Matthew. You see it in John. You see it in Mark. You see it in Luke. And you even see Paul doing it. You know, you see him living it out in Romans and in Acts. And you see Peter doing all the, all the, the mission of God. But you know, we can look throughout all of Scripture. There was one place that I found the mission of God in all one, and summed up pretty much in four verses. I want to go over that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 61, verse 1. This is Isaiah 61, verse 1 through 4. And I've read this so many times, but I want us to kind of just read through it, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion to, be, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, an oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of the faint of spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may have been glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities and the devastations of many generations. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the Missio Dei. That is the mission of God. And what I want us to do again is read over that scripture, but I want it to make it personal. So when you see the word me, put your name in there. The Spirit of the Lord God has sent Jared because the Lord God has anointed him. To bring good news to the poor. He has sent Dan because to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty of the captives and the opening of the prisons to all who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, 
to comfort all who mourn. So Jason can comfort all who mourn. To grant those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. That they may be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord that may be glorified. Make it personal again. So that David shall build up the ancient ruins. So that Impact City can build up the ancient ruins. So that the church of God can build up the ancient ruins. That they shall raise up the former devastations. That they may repair the ruined and broken city of Corpus Christi. City of Dallas. City of Austin. Baton Rouge. New York City. Wherever it is. That the devastations of many generations may be brought back to the Lord. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not called to be consumer Christians, but rather Christians with the drive to participate and stay locked in on the Missio Day. So my question and challenge for you today is how are we doing that? How are we living out the mission of God in our lives? How are we living out the Missio Day? You might say, oh, I don't have a mission. I don't really do anything in church. I don't really do that. I'm not called to do that. But what if God actually created us already with a missional mindset in our lives? What if God ordained your schedule of life? He, when he created your life and he knew what you were going to do, he said, I'm going to make your life to where you can live out my mission already in your life. We got to be able to not just bring mission and add it onto our life. We have to make mission our life. It's not adding something onto your to-do list. It's making your to-do list mission. Big difference there. So I want everyone to just follow me and do this. Clap for me. Everyone clap. Come on. See how you guys are. All right, that's enough. You guys are getting weird. See how, how it's easy to follow in? It's easy to follow in something that you're used to. It was an easy rhythm, okay? I want you guys to clap along with me now, okay? You ready? One, two, three. Do you guys notice how erratic that was? Do you guys notice how hard it was to keep along with that beat that was so screwed up in my head? Because you cannot keep up with something that's erratic. And you cannot keep up and maintain something that is constantly changing. So your lives have to be constantly on mission and constantly on, locked on to what you're doing. You have to be intentional about what you're doing. Okay? You can't follow something that is always changing. So I propose this. Why don't we stop trying to be missional and just start being missional? Why don't we stop trying to like make it so hard and just start doing it? I want to give you five examples of what it means to be missional. And some ways that we can kind of just be missional within our own graphs and our everyday lives. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Eat. Eat. It's simple. We're Mexicans down here. We love to eat, okay? We are all about food, okay? And so we will eat close to 21 times a week for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then a lot of us are eating more than that, okay? But 21 times a week, that is 21 times that we have to share the gospel across the table from someone. So be intentional. You're going to eat dinner, invite someone over. Be intentional. You're going to eat... Um, you can eat breakfast. Uh, 
All right, guys, the second thing, that was my microphone messing up. I'm, I'm just having terrible mic problems. Uh, the second thing that we need to know is we need to be a blessing to people. A blessing. Can you imagine if you were to pick three people out in your neighborhood to bless them at least once a week, and if we all did that, you know how radical that would be? Can you imagine the movement of God that would happen if all of us here picked out two to three people and we said we were going to purposely, intentionally bless these people every week? Oh, man, we blow up. We would just go crazy. You would you do things like you would find a neighbor, you go cut their yard. You would, you would do uh, things for your coworker, maybe do their report for them or help them out at work. Or maybe, you know, swing by and buy them lunch, bring them something to eat. Or maybe there was an elderly person in your neighborhood. And you just walked up, knocked on the door and be like, is there anything in your house I can fix? Like, I know there's something in that house that is, is broken that I know I can probably fix it real quick. But because your kids live out of town or whatever, or, or whatever it is, you don't have anyone to help you. What if we did this? What if someone in our neighborhood set up a, uh, a, 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 like a date night for all their friends or their neighbors or another couple and said, we'll watch your kids for you. You go out on a date. Some of us have done that here at Impact City. It's been awesome. What if we did that, uh, it, it, there was a single mom in the neighborhood and you're a parent or someone who just stays home. Hey man, be sacrificial so she can go get a job. Watch your kids for a while. That's called being a blessing. Why don't you go drop off some food at someone's house? Just show up randomly at their door with a barbecue chicken. That's how I met Dan. That's how me and Dan met. Seriously, like, no doubt. Like, we took a barbecue chicken to Dan's house, and it smelled so incredibly good that we started talking, and we had built a relationship in there. Look, he's sitting right here in church. It's amazing. He just sat right now. It saved his life. Let's be a blessing to people. That is being on mission. Is it, is it hard to do that? No, it's not. You got time to check Facebook when you get home. You got time to bake some brownies and take them to your neighbor. Number three, know his story. Know his story. I always say know his story and know how it changed your story so that it can help someone else's story. Listen, do you study your Bible? Do you really study your Bible? Do you read Scripture? And I'm not talking about just reading Scripture. I'm talking about reading study notes and going through there and asking questions and, you know, reading other Scriptures that support that Scripture and really looking deep into that Bible. Because I tell you, you can't teach the story of God to someone if you don't know the story of God. It's an amazing thing what He has done in our lives, yes. But there's so much more to God. And whenever they ask you questions like, why can't I come to church because, um, you know, I left my wife. Is that a sin or not? You're like, man, I don't know. You got to talk to someone. You got to disciple someone. You got to go deep. So know his story so you can share the story. Number four, I like this one. Celebrate. We have the best news of all, right? Like, dude, guys, we are saved by grace. We have an almighty God. We should be throwing parties because of that stuff, man. And so many Christians are known for not partying. We should be like party maniacs. We should be throwing barbecues down almost every other weekend. We should be chilling at the house, throwing movie nights up. And we have a reason to party. And people might look at us as a church and say, man, I don't really know much about that church, but dang, do they party good. And be open and stop inviting your Christian friends only to your parties. Invite the drunk guy that you are embarrassed to have around your kids over to your party. 
Invite people like that. Invite your the crazy cousins and all that. Invite them. Bring them over to your house. They need to see what God is doing within our hearts. Celebrate that. Throw a party for your neighborhood. Throw a block party. Organize something in your neighborhood. Halloween, uh, I mean, get around. Be like, guys, let's, let's section off the block. Everyone sign a petition. Let's, let's everyone get in the front yard and do something. Let's have a community garage sale. Where, you know, for one day, everyone brings out, have one big garage sale, then the whole block. Let's organize stuff for that. Let's do that. Let's be on mission so that we can look for opportunities to share the, 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 the gospel. That's number five is listen. Listen to your coworkers. Listen to your families. Listen to the people around you and be ready to give an account for what God has done in your life. This is where knowing the story comes in play. So you're celebrating you're eating together. You've blessed someone by, by giving them free food and stuff like that. And now you're listening to see what they're going to say so you know when you can put in the story of God into that conversation. Don't just walk up and be like, hi, my name is, my name is Felix. I want to give you a track. And here you go. Here, if you die tonight, are you going to hell? You know, like, don't do that. Like, you know, like, push them away. But get to know them. Be relational. Be upfront, but be relational, too. And number six is recreate. Recreate. Look at what God has been doing in the past and just do it again. Okay, so like if we're doing uh, at the park or what we used to do at the park, we know we're like, well, well why don't we do at the park anymore? Because well, it wasn't really working too much for us. We used to do more than a backpack. Uh, and, and, and this last year, it, it, wasn't really, it hasn't really done anything. So now we're going to start looking at what works. And what works for us is relationships. So we're going to recreate that. Rhythm is constantly going on, like the clapping is constantly going on, and it's up to us to simply jump in to that rhythm. Instead of trying to create our own rhythm, instead of trying to fit rhythm on top of our own rhythm, and also just keep it simple. We have a firefighting term. I said it before. It's called KISS. And in firefighting, it's called keep it simple, stupid. Just keep it simple, guys. The mission of God is for everyone to know him. And the only way we're going to do that is if we live our lives in rhythm to that and to sharing the gospel. We can eat. We can bless. We're going to know his story. We're going to celebrate his story. We're going to um, listen to other people and get ready to give an account for what God has done. And then we're going to do it again. We're going to recreate it. And this is why God came. And I promise you, if we do it, we'll start living up to the name of Impact City Church, Rebuilders of Walls, Restorers of Streets. If you would, let's pray. Yeah, thank you so much for today. God, it was stressful. God, it is in these moments of stress and these moments of just weakness that we see you shine harder and brighter. God, we give you praise for that. God, we give you praise for the members of Impact City and the people who could make it in today because of illness or sickness. God, we just pray that you would just clear open schedules and clear open um, this health. Give us a way to serve your, your, your people throughout the week and on Sundays and every day. God, I pray that we would just continue to grow as disciples, that we would never be considered consumer Christians, but rather radical Christians who are willing to do whatever it takes for your 
for your glory. It's in Christ's name I humbly pray. Amen. Amen.